<laughs> There's nothing nothing better than white guy point dancing to start a to start a show. <laughs> so that's it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for stopping by to another episode. I am I am especially excited about tonight for reasons that yeah. you will see here and get involved with very shortly. Um, we all. <laughs> what was that, mate? You'll be all up in that. Absolutely. That's not a, that's not a word, but we'll, we'll we'll move on past that. Um, uh, good afternoon to board. Um, uh, uh, good evening. Good evening over here. Uh, if if memory serves, last time he he was experiencing some ridiculously hot temperatures of the forties and fifties kind of degrees. So it's yeah, it's nice. It's yeah, it's nice to see that you've survived. So welcome back <laughs> in in this way. May it be a may it be a lot cooler than last time, and uh, you know you can manage your existence a, a little easier than before. <laughs> so how you been, dude? How you been? Are you having fun? Are you loving life? Always, always. What's not to love? <laughs> this confined stairwell. This wall, lovely. This. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, he got me. He got bastard. Very lovely. <laughs> That's it. Just like in rehearsals. Now there is, there is a, there is a reason I ask this question, uh, and the reason is simply that uh, we we look to understand people in as many ways as is possible. Here at the Deductionist Podcast, we explore. Every single avenue, every single book, technique, course that we could possibly get our hands on. And we are we would tell you about the stuff that works, the stuff that doesn't, the stuff that's garbage, the stuff that comes from gone men, the stuff that comes from uh, a leaflet that you might have found on the floor outside of your local pharmacy. Whatever it is, right? We are, we are exploring the road less trodden. And this circles back to a two-parter that we took I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, um, where we looked at, right, where we looked at virtue and the property of understanding people's virtues as a better way to to get to know them on a, on a personal level, on an insightful level, on a motivational level, on a pure level, on a spirit level. Um, not the DIY tool, I meant like a spiritual plane, but, you know, same, same thing applies. Um, so... What I did for you guys, for your for your listening and viewing pleasures, because he's a handsome man, uh, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I say this in no way to butter him up because he's my boss <laughs> as well. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we have the guy that actually brought virtue into my life as a concept uh, and a way that, that, that for us as deductionists, that we can use it too. So I figured the best course of action would be to get him here and so you could hear directly from the horse's mouth. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you my brother from another mother. This is JD. Yay! The crowd goes wild! <laughs> and I will be your horse. <laughs> Thank you. For, that's it. <laughs> Thank you for enunciating that so clearly. First of all, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I immediately want to be an ass. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> that's what we like. So, first of all, sir, jokes aside and all that kind of stuff, but not for too long because this is the kind of shtick that we do. We try and cram in as much attempts at humour as we possibly can. Uh, but thank you for doing this. First of all, I know you. I know you are uh, an insanely busy man, but I also know that the that the 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 concept. It's more than just a concept, but the concept of understanding people through the virtues that they have and the virtues that they bring to their life is something that you particularly have been experimenting with in terms of your understanding of it for years. So much longer than I, so much longer than Adam, so much longer than most of humanity, I would imagine, uh, at this particular stage, especially, you know, post-COVID and all of that kind of nonsense. But, so here's the first thing that for, uh, to, to try and kick this off. If you were to try and sum up the concept of understanding people through the virtues that they display to others, how would you sum that up as a way to communicate that understanding to us? Um, first off, thank you for having me. It's good to see you both. I've been following you both for quite a long time. I'm a huge, huge admirer of the podcast. So to be, to be sitting here on this side of it actually feels a little surreal at the moment. Um, uh, and, and quite, quite legendary. Uh, and so, so I'm appreciating the heck out of that for me, for me, um, I guess it starts with the story of, of understanding the English language. And that there are a series of there are a series of language linguistic um, markers that we would use to identify an individual's essence, their energy, right? That weren't fundamentally a set of feeling words. Mm. They weren't a set of emotions. I, I, I identified those rather quickly in my psychology training. And then, of course, there's a series of thinking words or intellectual mm. words and, and, and all the words that go along with how someone thinks and how someone processes reality, the structure by which they, they receive information, process information, interpret that information, and then utilize that information is really an intellectual base. And then, of course, obviously, there's behavior, which is mm. what we can see them do or not do. Okay. But... We, what I noticed is that there, are a set of, there were a set of words in the English language that sort of were qualification, quali qualifiers, qualifications, um, attributes, traits, mm. and that these words were really sort of categorical markers for the identification of a specific set of essences, like approaches, uh, 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 metrics or heuristics by which one filters their active reality. So how does one determine the way they think? How does one determine the way they feel? How does one determine th this behavior over another behavior? Well, because of all of the, the limitless amount of moments that seem to occur, even the moments when between moments that we're mm -hmm. consciously aware of in any given moment, there has mm -hmm. to be some sort of philosophical system that we connect with on a fundamental level that allows us decisions in real time quickly. Mm -hmm. right? Because because we can't sit down and think through in a, in a cogent way, every single thing that pops up in a day. Otherwise we would waste all of our time doing non-essential, doing non-essential activities. And we wouldn't be able to give the full, the full cognitive load that we possess to the activities that based on the Eisenhower matrix are the most important, important and the most urgent. Yeah. yeah. And so what I, what I began studying was the psychology of personality. 
And I, and I thought that in college and university, when I went to study the psychology of personality, I went, great, they're going to give me the one centralized model, the one centralized system that I can use now to cover that full breadth, width, and depth of the human condition. Yeah. Uh, and then I came into my class and I sat down. Dr. McWilliams was a, was a uh, sprightly looking older gentleman. Uh, he had a smile on his face and I was like, this is it. He's going to give me the clue. He's going to give me the answer to all of this stuff. And then he proceeded to say, please open your book to the glossary. And then, and, and I opened the book to the glossary and the table of contents. And then I went, holy God, there is like 25 different perspectives on the psychology of personality. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Shit. Well, well, it just meant, it just meant I'm not going to have anything comprehensive. Like if there's different perspectives on the psychology of personality, no one of them is going to give me the whole story, Yeah, which yeah. is the reason why we took an entire semester in order to study everybody's perspective on personality. But that wasn't useful for me at the time because I was already a practicing coach and a practicing therapist. I was already seeing clients when I went back to university to get my degree. And so I needed something that was practical. And I, and I didn't want to take on Freud's approach. I didn't want to take on Eric Erickson's approach. I didn't want to take on Bandura or Ellis or any of these individuals who have phenomenal theories on psychology, but nothing comprehensive. And I needed to know that no matter what client sat in front of me, I was going to have a, a base, a benchmark that I could, I could refer to. Yeah. Um, hi, Pascal. Uh, and, 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 uh, and so what, it left me still with a question mark in my head, which is what are all of the fundamental building blocks that we as, as, a, as a species can identify with as a set of heuristics, energies, or essences, whatever you want to identify it as. Um, because then I can, then I can start ripping apart, moving them around like Lego. Yeah. You know, I need all the building blocks. Yeah. Um, and so what I discovered, what I discovered over, in the time between that, that psychology of personality class and when I finally got the answer from my, my business partner's wife, which was not what I expected, but she's <laughs> very intuitive. Um, she's, she's a clever I, I, it, lady. Yeah, she's a very clever lady. Um, left a big question mark still. And, that, and that's because there has to be a neutral, not net positive and not net negative description of the building blocks, the lay of the land, mm. because nobody can say that there's that one emotion or another emotion is good or bad, unless mm. you have a context and an intention because anger can be completely warranted, mm. right? Like, I don't know too many people that when you, when they find out that somebody is attempting to assault their child, doesn't 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 immediately f feel enraged and we don't call that negative we call that justifiable yeah. righteous even okay and 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 so i went yeah but why does it why is it in certain contexts anger is righteous and completely accepted and in other situations in other moments we look down upon it call it a negative emotion and say it's wrong mm -hmm. And how is it that two people can argue over that? <laughs> One person can say, no, 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 I was completely in the right for being angry. And the other person can say, no, you were completely in the wrong. And so this got me, this got me thinking about these same personality building blocks. 
because what defines how someone feels in a given moment, mm -hmm. this question boggled my mind. It literally blew me away and I did not have an answer. And it was December 23rd, might've been December 24th. It might've been the day before Christmas, um, 2018. And we were driving home from Paris, me, my former partner, my COO and his <clears> wife. <throat> and I started explaining to them that I th this entire thing I just explained to you. I went, wait a minute, There's, I don't have an answer for this. I said, it, my system and my integral theory are incomplete without a resolution for this. And she looked at she looked at me and she went, oh, you mean virtues? <laughs> you know, casually dropping, you know, casually dropping virtues. Uh, and and I went, I, I think I, I looked at her and said, start talking and please don't stop until I tell you. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> And so, and so she, she started talking to me about the Virtues Project, which is, which is a nonprofit C3 company that, that's really put together a large, large, large list of resourcefulness. That's it right there. The cards, my Virtue Resource Cards, they're amazing. Um, they put together a lot of this information on Virtues throughout history. They, they've combed through everything. And they actually discovered over 600 Virtues in the English language. Okay. And when she described that to me, I went, that's it. <laughs> I said, if there's over 600 words and they've codified them, codified them, and they've begun to do work on it, I said, somebody's already found it. Okay? And so what the virtues are is a single word to define a type of philosophy, a way of approaching a moment a set of boundaries, even untenable ones sometimes, like you can't, you can't even identify where the boundary really ends and begins, but you know they are there, mm -hmm. okay? Um, to describe one's attitude on life, because your attitude or your approach to living life isn't just a set of feelings. And it's definitely not just what you think. It doesn't just drive the actions that you choose to take and not take. It's the field mm. that holds it all. Mm. It's really the field that holds this, let's call it limitless possibility for decision-making in, in, a, in a life. Okay? Yeah. Preferences, likes, dislikes. Why, do you, why did you choose to quit your job and go be with your family? even though your family needed you to work in order to bring money home for the family, but your family needed you more emotionally present than at work. Okay. You made that decision because of a way you view family and a way you view career and, and the level of priority you give to those, to both of those. But most of these things, okay, are not conscious mm. to us. They were instilled in us in our formative years via sociocultural background, familial programming, religious doctrine, okay, class, race, gender, okay, all of these things. But, but instead of approaching all of those topics, I just went, I need something that I can put my hands on that doesn't mm. have a gender to it. It mm. doesn't have a, a race component or a class component or a religious component. And so that's when I started to, to have a, a part of the conversation because the word virtues 
have been associated in a large way to Christianity, to do to a Judeo Christian mm. background. But if you go back far enough, you will find virtues were being discussed in Hellenistic philosophical systems pre Christ, okay, uh, BC, mm. okay, up, up to up to at least what we looked at, eight hundred years BC. Mm. Okay. And so, and we're talking about, I'm talking about specifically stoicism and the four cardinal virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom mm. as what they identified as the core cardinal virtues. But, but there are a lot of words in the English language that would describe similar facets, mm. similar traits, qualities, attributes, whatever you want to call that. Okay. When I probed deeper, I, I literally found the work of, of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi and a man named Dr. Martin Seligman, who was the, the, the founder of positive psychology, had created a reverse DSM. If everybody doesn't know what the DSM is, the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, which is kind of the way that doctors, psychiatrists uh, identify a condition, a psychological mm -hmm. condition in someone or a sociological condition in someone. And what these two gentlemen did is they created what's called character strengths and virtues, which is the reverse DSM. So they studied, they studied not the problems that people have, but yeah. they, they wanted to study those who accelerated, those mm -hmm. who were more successful. Mm. Okay. Well, when I dipped into character strengths and virtues after this conversation with, um, with my, um, COO's wife, okay. Um, I realized that they, that, that the virtues project had done work, had done work that, that these two men apparently hadn't found. Mm. Okay. okay. And so I began, I began to, to study virtues. I'm going to call it obsessively. <laughs> I think that's okay? and, and I know that I'm talking, I know that I'm talking to two <laughs> to fellow colleagues of, of, of great obsession. <laughs> okay, and, and I started with the virtues cards that you're holding, that you were holding a second ago, but then got a hold of the 600, but then got a hold of the 600 virtues and began to realize that I was unlocking, or at least had discovered what I consider to be the secret program code of human consciousness. Wow. Because something has to sit. Wow. There has to be a field by which intellect, behavior, and emotion sits within. Okay? And that is our identity. How we identify what we value. Okay? And virtues for me are nothing more than the building blocks of values. Okay? Um, how we choose to identify and the level of attachment or connection we choose to associate to virtue literally helps define all of the quick decisions that we make in any given moment. Mm -hmm. it, it's the, it's the boundaries placed on the infinite field of choice so that we can in our first look at something automatically sweep away all the things that we don't identify with. And so it removes, it's an initial filter that immediately removes any and all decisions and any and all choices that are not in alignment with what we identify ourselves to be. So virtues for me are the foundational building blocks for the stability that one establishes in one's character. Like how do you know you are who you are from one day to the next? You have to have something to hold on to. Well, that identity is built on virtue. 
So I hope that long, ridiculously long-winded response was a, an answer uh, to your... It's interesting uh, when we say, like, I'm always interested in the idea of identity, what identity is, because it always seems so tangible. Uh, and it's nice to, to hear someone who feels that things around what that is, what identity could be. Uh, so when you um, discovered that this was for you what identity was, did that change the perspective on your own identity or did it just reaffirm? Well, and of course, going? Adam coming in at Adam coming in with the clutch, with the clutch question. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I told you. I you're told so you. good, man. You're so good. Yeah, uh, the, the answer is the answer, Adam, is how could it not? Uh, okay. How could it not? And, and yeah. the reason for this is at least for me is because um, I don't know if you guys have have talked much on on the podcast about shadow work and Carl no. Jung's no, Carl no. Jung's um, okay work on the shadow and shadow archetypes and things like that. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not going to bore you with it right here. Um, uh, but the, the answer is is that how do you know what what within you is the light versus the shadow, and how do you know when the shadow serves you, and how did you even know what to place in the shadow, and still identify with? Because there are a series of things that happen in the world that aren't in your shadow, that aren't a part of your character, that aren't who you are, that you witness and see in others, but you don't identify with, which means we're at virtues again. So there's a series of virtues that, 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 that are you, that you identify with, that you connect to, but you don't feel safe to show because society or culture or religion or all the rest of that has ta has taught you to reject or resist that because it's unsafe. God. That still exists inside of you, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, there are still deviant decisions being made outside of the society, the sociocultural eye, so to speak, mm -hmm. that you keep in the privacy of your own home, or maybe you don't, depends on your <laughs> connection to it. <laughs> and how do you differentiate that to the light parts of your identity to the lighter parts of your identity and so what the virtues did is it gave me an opportunity to look at my own shadow and to and to give it a name to give cool. it virtues to say that these virtues i've been trying to resist are i'm cultivating in the dark but to serve the light Okay, I'm cultivating it in the dark because when I bring them out in the open, people don't, people don't, mm. they're not comfortable with how it, it, it's expressed mm. until I walk into a boardroom and I'm staring at a multimillionaire and I'm, and I'm telling him that he needs to get out of his head out of his own ass. It's not a hat. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay? In that moment to that client, he needed a big brother. Yeah. And yeah. that quality, that quality of being damn near abrasive came from my cultivation of commitment, confidence, initiative, perseverance, all of these virtues that I, that in my own family wasn't accepted. And I had to cultivate in the shadow. So having all of the lay of the land and being able to see how it serves me and how it serves certain people in certain situations in my life gave it legitimacy. It gave it voice. 
and thus allowed me to take more of my shadow and align it with the rest yeah. of who I am and to stop being ashamed mm. of, of those beautiful virtuous qualities that only needed to emerge when certain contexts arose. The ones that are not so easy to meet, the ones that are not so light and playful and fun, the hard stuff, the real yeah. hard stuff. Okay. And now I can cultivate those virtues because they have a home in me. Mm -hmm. They have a space to live, but Adam, it didn't stop there. By identifying which, ver which of my virtue design and my virtue clusters live in the light and then identifying which of my virtue clusters live in the dark, I now can identify which virtues are unpracticed and unidentified with. And now I can choose with conscious purpose and intention yeah. to cultivate them. Nice. So now, now I have freedom and adaptability. I'm flexible, which by the way is virtue. I'm flexible. <laughs> Did it bring forth? Not a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Like, because it seems like um, almost kind of bringer of confidence in a way. Uh, I'm curious, how were you before, because you see, you seem very uh, confident and I have, I don't obviously don't know you before this interview. So I'm just yeah. wondering how to play on your personality to the world before you discovered uh, uh, the idea of, of virtues. Did it bring forward something within your truth, like, like a true self forward, or were you always, did you always feel that confidence was always there? Um, my confidence came from a wound, came from a wounded place. And so my confidence often appeared as arrogance. Right. Has this helped Being you? Able to, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And what it, what it, what it's allowed me to do is actually embrace other virtues that I didn't know would harmonize Yeah, all of it, like empathy, nice. like understanding, yeah. compassion. Okay, the, these kinds of let's call them softer virtues mm -hmm. became became something that I went, Oh, I need to cultivate these mm -hmm. in or in order to bring harmony and balance to these other to these other more, let's call them direct virtues. Yeah, more more um, aggressive, stronger, okay, more more intense. Yeah. And so being able to have access to those has been, has, has slowly over time. And Ben can probably attest to this because he's known for, known me for a little while now. I continue to awaken more and more to the soft, to the, to the parts of my personality that are inherently tender. Mm. And that has allowed me to deepen my friendships, deepen my connections. It, it's allowed me to grow my network, my, my, the people in my life that, that, that want to be around me. Yeah. Um, and yet I still have access to the part of me that can, that can penetrate the moment for lack of a better term, dig in, sh sharpen, you know, go right to the heart of something, you know, cut, cut to the middle. But now it's, it's like, I have this ability to pause before I do that and, and see if that's the, the best decision for the moment. Yeah. Or if maybe a blanket laying a blanket on the moment would be more, uh, influential. Yeah. Awesome.
Like I'm, 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 my legs are already tired. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) I just, for those of you that don't know, that's not a random segue. When I'm engaged in something I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm double basing the whole time, like a little thumper. Um, so I figured now would be a good opportunity to, to have a look at some of the comments from the guys that have uh, tuned in live. Um, I put a couple of, couple of them up uh, uh, already, but just just because uh, he's he's a man that uh, I work with as well. We're going to come to uh, Jim's comments uh, uh, about what we've been talking about so far. Uh, uh, facing the shadow, it's all about owning your story. He believes that people choose masks because they're afraid to face their shadow and do the internal work to find their true, authentic self going on to say that uh, he, he calls it building your lighthouse, casting li- casting lighthouse onto the shadows and using your lighthouse to shed light on others while also practicing them, uh, sorry, protecting them uh, uh, from dangers. There are a couple of other points. Uh, Pascal, très bien. Uh, um, we'll, we'll come back to Pascal's comments uh, uh, in a second. Uh, uh, but headhand makes it makes a good one that I was actually going to ask uh, uh, myself. Headhand says, uh, how do you identify people's virtues? Are there vices that you also looked at? Or is vice not a meaningful word in the context of your research? So I'm going to I'm going to build that out. Great question. Uh, I'm going to build Great. that out as well. One of the things that, that plights, uh, well, rather is a plight uh, of being uh, of being a deductionist as well as a bunch of other things but we're on the deductionist podcast so there we are um is 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 bullshit right is 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 bullshit when you look at some of the uh, uh if you learn to spot these several eyebrow twitches you will know somebody's deepest darkest fuck off don't don't talk such utter nonsense right so when it comes to the nature of spotting these these particular virtues and the kind of information that that yields us as a result is it a case of looking at all of the 600 and going this gives this which connects to this which connects to this which connects to this or how would you how would you advise somebody best go about learning how to spot these kinds of things in other people um i think the first thing is is to actually get virtue language into your vernacular and into your daily verbiage Mm. Um, because what I've noticed is that a lot of us are raised around certain virtue words mm. because they were the words that our parents identified with. They, these are the, these are the virtue words that they've associated with may even be a part of your family legacy or lineage. Right? But that doesn't mean that you have access to all of them. Mm. Right? And so it, for me, it's about learning to use virtue language as a step one so that you can start to make connections between someone's intellectual approach and the behaviors you're witnessing in them. And when you get really good, you begin to start to see, especially over time, as I would call this a third or fourth step, you begin to see that the way someone feels about a specific context actually shows you the heuristic, the virtue virtue cluster that's behind it that would lend itself to feeling that way. Hmm. And of course, how you feel defines what you think. This is not, I don't think this is anybody new watching the podcast. If not, it's basic neuroscience. You know, it's, mm. it's if you want to please watch, uh, please read the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and you'll get a, a really quick, uh, uh, it's not quick, by the way, it's a ridiculously long book. Uh, definitely a sleeper, one I used to read to go to bed. Um, <laughs> but when you can get through it, 
when you can get through it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you quickly identify that, that most of what we think are our decision-making strategies when it comes to buying actually come from our feelings. And that we actually, it's the way we feel about something that actually defines whether or not we make the, it's like the, almost the final part of a decision-making strategy. Yeah. Right? And so, and, and so for me, I'd start step one, uh, begin to uh, grab virtue language. Step two, begin to learn the definitions of them. Okay. Which is how are those virtues defined? Okay. And once you actually get the definitions, then identify what your own virtue cluster is, your own virtue design, which is take, take a look at the fundamental parts of your personality and say, this is who I am as a baseline through most moments. Now, an odd context here, an odd context there, national emergency, family crisis, you're mm. gonna, your virtue cluster is going to change because you're dealing with a particularly rare and unique moment. Mm. But in your broad baseline, what are, the, what are the types of virtues that are inherent to you? For example, in mine, a big one is integrity. Mm. Hey, a big one. And excellence are both virtues that that sit throughout my entire virtue design, which is no matter what moment happens, I'm likely going to want to be great at it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to rest or settle for good. Good ain't good enough. I want great. And if I can get to great, I want whatever's better than great. Okay? And I'm just going to keep aiming beyond whatever the current status quo is. That's excellence. And you and, and if you talk to Ben, it's everywhere in my life. Okay. And the second is, is I will do the absolute best I can in any given moment to put thought, thought, word, action, and virtue all in alignment consistently and reliably. Okay. It's just, it sits at the core of my virtue design. Do I make mistakes? Sure. Human. Okay. But it's, it's important enough to me that if I violate my own integrity, I will do the best I can to seal that, to close that, to make amends for that, to, to, to somehow reconcile the moment because that sits at the core of who I am. So really the next step would be after a definition, identify your core, the core part of your virtue design, and then begin to look at your life and how many places it plays out and how it plays out. Okay. Fourth step, begin to do virtue designs on your friends and family. Don't tell them. That's quite <laughs> annoying for you to tell them what you're doing. Okay. But, but begin to grab the top 10 virtues that you see in them. And then see how those, those make themselves manifest. Oh, well, I was just going to say, because there's a couple of people have been asking for an example. Uh, you could speak to mine if, if you wanted if that was, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, put you under any kind of pressure, but I'm, let's, I am, yeah, let's I'm an open book. Number one, truthfulness. <laughs> Show them your hand. Show them your hand. Show them your hand. Okay. okay. Ben, Ben is the, Ben is the most truthful human being I've ever met in my life. Okay. He will admittedly share potentially humiliating, you know, potentially humiliating moments, embarrassing moments, because he would rather tell the truth about it than not, period. So he'll deal with the emotional ramifications. Instead, he'd rather just tell the truth. So truthfulness is a big one. Okay, integrity is another big one. Integrity is another big one. Okay. 
respect respect and responsibility these are these are all these are within ben's virtue design okay accountability okay self-discipline these are all a part of his cluster as in it does not matter when you run into ben in any given context you are going to find these present and believe it or not it gives you insight into how he thinks in a moment it tells you that when something arises he's he's likely going to take full ownership right he's likely going to take full ownership he's likely going to take take it all on his shoulders that's the self-discipline part okay and even if it's inconvenient he will show up and do the job okay reliability okay and that's a part of the integrity piece and so suddenly you don't have to do all the legwork. Suddenly you don't have to do all the legwork of asking 50 questions or 60 questions or 100 questions to find out the way in which he thinks. All you need to do is identify his virtue design and you have insight already into the way he thinks. And then now you're not, now you're checking. Now all you're doing is testing to see if your read is accurate versus having to do the legwork to gather even more info. And of course, people aren't even aware of this, that as they tell stories, as they share metaphors, as they express their position on different topics, they're giving you insight the entire time on, as to what their virtue design is. Right? And if you know how, yeah, if you know how they think based on their virtue design, you're likely to know how they feel or how they're feeling, which then allows you to check it against the nonverbals the thermodynamics that you're picking up in the moment. And all you have to do is guess and check, does that make sense or not? Based on my read, my vibe profile, does this make sense or not? Why are they, interesting, I'm seeing a feeling here in their thermodynamics mm -hmm. that don't seem to match what they're saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. And, and, and now you're checking for coherence or congruence. It's like, wait a minute, that feeling they're expressing right now isn't in alignment with the last 20 minutes of their conversation about all the stuff that they've been sharing. This, there's something off, something yeah. wrong here. Now, my ability to calibrate is almost as if it's been 10 x It's it, instead of them showing me a tiny little piece of them, I'm seeing it like a billboard. Okay? And now calibration becomes really easy especially when it comes to directing my questions in a specific pathway in order to get them to reveal something they don't want to reveal. Okay. I can actually use their virtues against them. That is quite the vibe that we can pick up. It's quite the vibe that we can pick up. We'll consider that. An e we'll, we'll consider that an Easter egg. We'll consider that an Easter egg. Uh, and we'll 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 leave that one hanging there, pregnant in the moment for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I just I just want to I just want to call back to uh, in case some of you guys missed it. Uh, Jim uh, is someone that that, that, that both me, me and JD know privately as well. Uh, uh, Jim confirming uh, uh, being a friend and colleague of Ben's the spawn. 
Right, and I'm sure Adam Adam could confirm if it was spot on uh, JD's yeah. read as, uh, as well. Yeah. Um, um, and but, by the way, I could give you three more. Understanding, <laughs> curiosity, fair, and openness. <laughs> nice. Ben is a ferocious learner. Ferocious. Okay, you can't you cannot learn at the rate in which Ben learns if you are not curious and open to whatever is, is showing up to learn, to seek understanding, to, to be a man who knows that he knows. Mm. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to know that you know it. Yeah. Okay, so there's three more, you know what I mean? And, and they, they all sit pretty much everywhere in him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to move on quite obviously and quite quickly now. I've been under the spotlight for quite some time, and I'm normal. I'm normally the person that's doing the water board, uh, the, 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 the discussions. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> well, that noise is on the internet forever. Sorry, mum. So we'll we'll take a couple of the the, the questions from Pascal. He's uh, he's on fire. This one, uh, I would like to save to the end. This one, I would like to save yeah. to the end. Um, so uh, there, there's a couple that came in that are kind of connected of Pascal's that I want to mention. How many virtues does a person have or can a person have? And does the intensity in virtues differ with each person or situation context, presumably would be the, uh, the, the borrow one from that? The answer is absolutely. Of course, intensity plays a role. Okay, intensity and frequency play a role in all of them. Okay, which and by the way, this is also multi-layered, multi-tiered, and multifaceted. And what I mean by that is that is that there are macro frames, mid frames, micro frames, and nano frames. So there's there's the there's the immediate moment. Okay, and, and my attending to my own needs in a given moment is what I would call the nano frame, which is just within myself, my own needs, my own desires, my own intentions. There are certain virtues that are going to be more intense for me, depending upon the need I have. Okay, then there's the micro need, which is the mm -hmm. need of me and the individuals that are in the context with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we go to the mid, the mid tier need, which would be what we would call the sociological frame, which is mm -hmm. the, the step out, what are the, or what we might call a second order or third order effect, which is the, the frame just outside that frame. Okay. And then you get the macro frame, which is like, like country, the country you're in is a macro, a macro frame. Okay. And there's virtues or what we would call a vibe. Of, of the country that you live in. So there's a certain virtues that your country chooses to chooses to connect with and identify with and a certain level of intensity on those. So you might be able to ask somebody the question, how important is how important is integrity when it comes to loyalty? Loyalty is another virtue. So how important is integrity to you when it comes to loyalty? And now I'm going to get an answer from somebody that's going to tell me the level of intensity and frequency. They're likely to say integrity is by far more important to me than loyalty. And I could go, well, everywhere, like everywhere in your life. And they go yeah. 100%. They just gave me, they just gave me a core virtue. Nice. I never asked for the core virtue. I asked a couple of questions about them. 
cut it out of him. <laughs> and, and, I'm pulling, and I'm pulling it out. I'm pulling it out of them. Hey, but if you let, if you, uh, if you're as good as Ben, you actually don't even need to ask questions. You just watch someone long enough and you'll see the decisions they're making and how quickly they're making them and the level of intensity by which they make the decision. And it's going to start to give you info just by watching. Okay, so you don't necessarily have to do that. Now, the first question that Pascal asked is, is like, how many virtues are there? How many are we capable? The answers, the, the answers we're capable of all of them. Mm. It's my belief that we're capable of all of them. The only thing that prevents us from being capable of practicing them is the level of belief, the level of our beliefs that we have about each of them, our level mm. of ability to connect or attach to them. Mm. Okay. Some virtues are not safe to us. As in, it, we were practicing that virtue in a certain moment that we experienced trauma and we associated the virtue to the trauma. I was too patient with my business, with my former business partner who embezzled money from me. And now they've put a barrier up against them and patience and the power of patience. Okay? Because they're linking patience as a virtue to the trauma. Well, that means that everybody listening now, any of you who are coaches are probably starting to see the value of being a virtue clustering and design because now you know where the boundaries are around trauma and their connection to a quality or an attribute that their husband or wife is begging for. Now you know where to facilitate an intervention that would allow them to deepen their relationship with their romantic partner or son, daughter, whatever, business partner. So hopefully I, that answers some of those questions. Can I just say before you go, Adam, uh, uh, we, we just had a prime opportunity for observation of intensity of a particular virtue for JD's heightened of excellence. His chair's going like this. My chair's moving. <laughs> My chair's moving. <laughs> right? I didn't realize it physical thing <laughs> yeah so that that's that's something right there organically you can you can take away as a as a connection of observing the presentation of the 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 intensity of, of virtues and i'll be quiet adam yeah. <laughs> uh i was thinking about what you said before about the uh, the clusters virtue clusters uh, and in different contexts that changes and how it sort of you know you could you could have your virtues and they could be challenged in a, in a scenario where you've not experienced that before is there a way you've kind of experienced that or done that yourself where you've um sort of maintained your virtues in in an unpredictable scenario or have you learned how to maintain them and preserve them more in scenarios where you you, you know it could all go up in the air at any second it, it's some kind of uh you know a, traumatic experience or some sort of very intense experience that sometimes all your your who you believe you are can can go out the window a little bit is there a way that you believe or have done uh, a way to maintain your virtues in those scenarios or situations um the short answer adam is awareness okay you have to be aware of your virtues in the first place if you're not aware of your virtues you can't choose with purpose and intention to deepen some of them or broaden some of them. Okay, so the first thing is you got to be aware. You got to be aware of what they are. The second question I ask myself is, is do these virtues serve the moment in certain moments? Like in an emergency, okay, rigidity 
may not be, you know, or what we would call discernment or certitude. These are the virtues is, is certitude and discernment may not be the best thing in an emergency. Yeah. Okay. Like in an emergency flexibility, openness, perseverance, or determination, okay, those, those might serve in an emergency situation. So the first thing I had to do is, was get really clear about the context. Yeah. And what are the criteria, what are the criteria in each of these given contexts that matches my desire in the context? Like in an emergency situation, my desire is for all of my friends and family to be okay, mm. to be ha happy and healthy and to get through whatever's occurring in, in is as graceful a way as possible. Yeah. Hey, in, in some of those moments, I started to identify that there are certain virtues of mine that have to be present. They have to be. Okay. Integrity being one of them. Okay. Excellence being another. Strength being another. Mm. Okay. But then I added empathy and understanding. I didn't originally have those. Oh, and, I, and it's because it's because in an emergency situation, everybody's freaking out. You might want to feel into the moment. You might want to feel into the group so that nothing they do or feel is going to surprise you as you're making mm -hmm. plans and arrangements on how to get everybody through it. Yeah. So I, I, I had to add empathy and understanding to certain kinds, some certain ones of these moments. However, the minute someone violates a core, let's call it a core tenant of my personality. If I see a man hit a child, flexibility, empathy, understanding that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you'll, and you'll see the other parts of my virtue designs show up. <laughs> okay. And, and so it, it, once again, I had to get clear about these context things and yeah. that really what defines, what defines the ability to stay con deeply rooted and connected to one virtue cluster over another is contextual because context is king. The moment will always define the movement. The moment will always define the movement. And so from that, I can be flexible. From that, I can make a shift or a change in my relationship to the context. Yeah. Like this, 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 this is, this is genuinely one of those conversations that I feel that I'm lucky that I get to have these daily. <laughs> I get to have these conversations daily and I think it's awesome. And I'm so glad, like sincerely now, I'm so glad that all you guys listening now, because this is arguably one of our most popular ones that we've done live, <laughs> but, you know, be, be, besides maybe when we were talking about the whole Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, because that struck a social curve. Um, but, and, and whoever else it is that's, that's, that's listening after the fact, this question has popped up time and time again in the particular comments, and there have been so many more great questions that have uh, uh, that have popped up throughout. So, you know, you guys in the comment sections, wherever it is, wherever you're watching this, let me know, and I'll see if I can send him another bribe and he'll come back to do a part two. Maybe. We'll see if that happens. But, you know, we can, we can toss a coin to a witcher. We can see if it happens. Now... <laughs> It's it's popped up a couple of times uh, so far from uh, from some of the guys, um, <laughs> even headhand going so far as to say, "What is your name?" The guy who talks about virtues and Project Virtue, 
they they joined halfway through the halfway through the stream, so they didn't catch the introduction <laughs> at the start. It's fair enough, but it, I mean, it comes up. Uh, Pascal asked it, uh, and and a few others as well. Where do people go to learn more about your work, this work? How do yeah. they how do they continue their education? Great question. Um, right now, Ben and I are working, uh, uh, co-working together. Um, ben likes to say he works for me. I like to say he works with me um, th- because there's no way I can I, I could take a position <laughs> above that man. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to say that we we are we build a website and we're building a, we have a coaching and consulting firm called Avanti Executive. And if you uh, and if you want, you can go to Avanti. That's A V A N T I Executive E X E C U T I V E dot com. Um, there's also a bunch of projects that Ben and I are in the works on right now. Jim, Jim is uh, Jim, wherever you are out in the world, you're listening <laughs> to the sound, sound of my voice. Um, we are, uh, we're also working on projects together in the background that I believe Ben will probably let you all know about very, very, very soon. Um, but we are planning on doing a vibe live training, um, which will teach everybody that shows up. Um, how to actually use our system to profile people in five minutes or less. You'll be able to pick up as much information, uh, as much information as you can possibly grab and then be able to utilize it in a meaningful way to actually guide and shape conversations towards the intentions you have for yourself. Science backed. (laughs) Science backed. That's the key. That's the key. Science backed. Yeah. Hey, this isn't an art, it's a science. And when you understand how the nerve, when you understand how someone's nervous system operates, you begin to see how the thermal dynamics of someone's body language, how the, the, the choice of topics that they choose to discuss in any given moment is a direct reflection of what's happening in the background inside of them. So that you can actually, if given enough time, develop a predictability matrix that will let you within the 80th, I would imagine 70th, 80th percentile range, identify what they're going to do before they even know they're going to do it. Yeah. And this isn't even on like whether they take sugar in their coffee, you know, (laughs) I mean, you could do that. Sure. But far beyond why you would, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm just thinking of what would be an everyday convivial decision versus the, 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 the bigger implications. You know, because uh, like I've spoken about, uh, uh, and I realize we're, we're pressed for time, and I really wanted to come on to this topic as well. But maybe we'll use this as a segue into part two: uh, 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 the 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 kind of the ripple effect of a more virtuous understanding for for humanity, uh, and and the implications of of better interactions. Mm-hmm. And and I know you know Bob Pointer out there in the ether has a particular focus on. The, the the productive nature of communications and how that was lost through COVID because two years spent sat in a box, you know, is, is going to harm the way you communicate with other people. And we're certainly seeing the ramifications of that nowadays, right? Can we can we send arguments out of the window when people under, you know, all of these kind of questions come onto the table when there's this kind of information that you can deal with, right? So maybe just in a, in a two minutes, right? Two minutes, what is what, what, what would be your hopes for for the continuation of virtue for the implication of humanity you know i have a lot for the last several years people have been asking me for my definition of virtues Mm -hmm. what are they 
Hey, and I've called them building blocks and a lot of that stuff. But candidly, I have a very spiritual side of me, a very spiritual nature to me. And I happen to look at sort of a broader, a broader perspective, like one of God, creator, source, whatever you want to call it, the universe. And I said that I said to someone, and it has stick with me that, that virtues are God's qualities made manifest in man. God's qualities made manifest in man and that if we are supposedly God's children and made in God's image, then then what what aspects of us as humans are godly? Mm. And that for me is virtue. Mm. When you can identify someone's virtue, you can connect with them. Mm. You may not agree with the intellectual take they have on a specific idea a specific methodology or a specific approach you may not agree with it but you can understand the essence and the energy by which they came to that conclusion and that can be a fundamental foundation that will transform the way humanity connects and right now with the powers that be it it appears to me that we're continuing to be divided and divided and divided and divided and divided and divided but we are social creatures we will always be better together than we will be apart, period. Yeah. And that's why when, when we unify, when we connect, it feels good in our nervous system. To connect with somebody, you can feel the body relax. You can feel your mind slow down. You find the space between one idea and the next idea. And you relish in emotions that you don't normally get a chance to feel. So for me, virtues are a gateway to humanity's next evolution of connection. Incredible. That's what, what, a what a, what a I, I struggle with, uh, you know, I uh, trying to, I, well, I'm English. So my, my kind of default nature is it sounds like sarcasm or cynicism, but I mean, I mean it, I mean it sincerely, right? What a, what a, what a lovely way to, to, to end an episode, right? Sincerely, what a what a lovely way to end an episode. Uh, so yeah, guys, um, I, I it might be arrogant of me to say that I am confident that you guys got tons out of that, uh, but I'm going to commit to it anyway. Uh, so <laughs> by by all means, let us know down in the comments section below the particular points that you've enjoyed or any future questions that we can maybe get to part two next time, whenever whenever that comes in the ethereal future. Uh, and we will certainly be bringing you more information uh, as and when it, it drops in terms uh, of that. But before we hear the whole collective eye roll of, oh, it's, just, it's not about some kind of breeding ground for... Th this is about the, 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 the purity of the discussion of what we've been having and the benefits particular towards deductionists. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, bought you, I wouldn't have asked JD here if it was of no benefit to you guys or what you do. It's really that simple. Um, so if you've enjoyed it, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. may seem like a cliched and overrun thing to be able to do, but it really helps, right? It really helps us to be able to bring these episodes out to you and bring such virtuosos in their field to be able to explain a little bit more about the road less trodden. So sincerely, sir, thank you for thank today. Yeah, I've had a great been, time. Yeah, and so with that in mind, so folks... And with that Bye, in mind, yeah. folks, we will love you and leave you. Take care. All the best. Bye. Bye.